0: darling happy birthday
1: dad guess what you know my friend amanda yep her cousins asked us to spend vacation with them in paris i really really want to go hi daddy
0: you were supposed to call me when you left there's someone here you got me all right listen to me go to the next bedroom under the bed tell me when you're there <laughs> The next part is very important. They are going to take you. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Where are they? If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. You have a 96 hour word What? To never finding her. No. But if you don't, I will look for you. Where is she? I will find you. And I will kill you.
1: Well, are you ready? All right. Um, So before we dive in, I just want to pull the audience and ask, how many of us in the room have seen this movie? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, one more time. Um, This movie is a PG-13 movie. Um, It is about slavery, trafficking, the whole nine yards. And so, again, if there's kids in the room, please, please, please take them out. Um, That would be the best time. Or, Or forever hold your... Emails from the office. Deal? Deal? Okay, okay. So um, for me, um, let me kind of start off by the main reason I picked this movie was because this movie shifted me in my heart like no other movie on planet Earth. Um, if you're asking yourself why didn't I do a more recent Taken, like Taken two or three, it's because they uh, became terrible after the first one. So, um, but the first one, I'm telling you, it shifted me. Where, where? Let me kind of share with you how it happened. Was I didn't go see this in the theater. I didn't even know this movie existed because in 2008, when it came out, um, trafficking, specifically sex trafficking, um, really wasn't as l- much of a lightning rod as it is in our culture today. You know, like, like really, I would say this movie kind of set up and draw, drew awareness to really what's happening. Um, and so what happened was, I still remember this day, me and my wife, we were out at a Unite event, that's our college ministry here. Um... One of the college students was like, dude, you got to come see this movie. And I'm like, look, that's, I'm not going to do that. You know, we're, we're tired. We want to go home. He's like, no, you got to see it. You got to see it. You got to see it. I'm like, dude, it's going to be me, you, and my wife talking about the Third Wheel. Uh, me and my wife are going to start making out and it's going to make you incredibly uncomfortable. Uh, we're we're going to go home. We're going to go home. And he's like, no, you got to stay. And I'm like, all right, what's this movie called? And he's like, taken. And, and immediately, I was like, okay, I've never heard of that. It's going to be one of them indie films that I'm like, this is, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Why did I just waste my life? And so, but he was like, no, this will change your life. And literally, I sat there, and for the next 93 minutes, glued to a TV, and it changed my life. Like, I, I, like my heart melted inside. And so, if you've never seen the movie, um, what you've gathered from the previews, let me kind of uh, unpack what happens. The first 20 minutes of the movie is kind of the setup of the plot. Okay, it's where Brian Mills, he's the dad, played by Liam Neeson, and basically his daughter Kim asks to go to Europe, right? And she's like, I want to go, dad, let me go, dad, let me go. Um, Basically, he's not comfortable with it, because he was some undercover um, CIA-type agent where he went and kicked butt all over the world. Um, We're not even sure what that looked like, but he got these unbelievable set of skills, so he's like, no, baby, I don't want you to go. She begs, she begs, she pleads, and then after about 20 minutes, he's like, all right, go, sends her on a plane, and for the next 73 minutes okay, Brian Mills goes solo and just kicks butt, I mean, and it's awesome, like, you're, like, and, and here's the thing, I, that, for me, I watched that thing, um, and, and there's this reaction that came out of me, like, honest to goodness, like, I, I remember watching this, and I re- the film went off, and I was like, wow, is this real, is old sex trafficking slavery, is, is that still real, and so I got on Google, and I was like, oh my gosh, it is, and then I was like, we gotta do something, and I immediately, I thought of Metro, and I'm like, look, we're Metro, okay? Like, we don't sit around. Like, we don't play around. Like, let's go change. Let's go do this thing. Um, and, and literally, I, I started to thought, I have a thought. I had a conversation with Chad, the worship leader. I was like, all right, buddy, let's go do this. thing. Let's create a life group. We'll call it Team Kill'em. Um, we'll put some bulletproof vests on, and we'll get all the roughest dudes of the church, okay? Because we got some dudes in here that are barely saved, okay? Um, and, and look, they, they they carry guns hoping, hoping someone makes a wrong move, and bam, you know? Um, I, I'm just saying. Um, and so for us, we were like let's go okay now here here's the thing like if you've saw this movie or what you'll see at the end of this is we all have this kind of reaction like everyone you you see something like this and you're like I I got to do something right there's something that shifts that when you see this kind of slavery it does something to every human heart where we've got to step up or you know what we got to fight for freedom right we fight for freedom and that's where that's the truth I want to bring out of this movie with a big idea, everything I want you to go home with, is this truth, is that freedom is worth the fight. Right there. I think if you want to write down a note, if you want to say, what are we going to talk about all day long, it's this. is freedom is worth the fight. Now, we like that, especially as Americans, right? Like, that, that is America all over it, right? Right? Like, we get this because for us, it goes deep in our culture. Freedom is something we understand, is something worth fighting for. So much so, we believe that all men, all women, all people were created equal. And when slavery is at stake, trafficking is at stake, there's something in us that shifts. And you know what? We've got to set the captives free, even if it makes us fight, right? Like, that's, that's the American culture. But at, at the same point, it's also the Christian culture. Well, understand this, where one verse in the Bible depicts this idea that, look, we don't live at a world at peace, but spiritually speaking, it is at war, and it is at war to set you free. Where scripture says this in John 10, 10, where it says this, the thief, okay, and this is Jesus talking, and Jesus is talking about Satan. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy that's Satan's goal, that's Satan's job, but he says this, I, meaning Jesus, he says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Now right there you see this tension in these two sides. we number one, we got this guy Satan, okay, which he doesn't look like we think he does, okay, he's not dressed in a red suit, carrying a pitchfork, has two little horns, and sits on your little shoulder and you can just flick him off, okay. I'm, maybe you should, but that's a whole other story. But for us, you guys didn't get that, flick him off. No, okay, anyway, anyway, let's keep going. Okay, we don't have, so anyway, for us, well, the point of Satan is to come into your life, okay, and to steal, kill, and destroy. It's to entrap you. It's to enslave you. But Jesus shows up. Jesus says, the reason I have come, and this is exclusive to Christianity, okay, no other religion claims this. Jesus didn't show up for you to be a better person. Jesus didn't show up so you can perform better in hopes that your good outweighs your bad, and someday you'll get into heaven. No, 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 no. Jesus stepped out of heaven for you. Jesus came to earth for you. Jesus saw you being trapped by an enemy and said, "You know what? I'm going to show up. I'm going to crush that dude's head, and I'm going to set you free, man." That's what Jesus came for. And understand what that means, because it's it's life that we are living to the fullest understand, you don't have to live your life always striving and never arriving anymore. What that means is you don't have to be lost in materialism. You have to be lost in the American dream where you get the perfect house, with the perfect job, with the perfect career, with the perfect kids, to then end up retiring at the perfect age, right? Where you get the perfect boat, the perfect jet ski, so your grandkids can follow you around on a little inland lake somewhere, so that you can go travel the world and collect perfect seashells. Right? Like that, that's not why Jesus came. Jesus came so you don't have to long for something you don't have. Jesus came not so, so that your life can be complete and be full and you can be completely free from anything in this world. It's a whole reason Jesus came. But, and here's the, what we have to key into today. That freedom wasn't easy. In fact, it was brought through a fight. And that's what we need to narrow into today. And so my aim today is to show us that, look, your freedom, Jesus had to fight for it. Our freedom. And so my aim is twofold. Where number one, I hope to expose the enemy's plans and attacks against us. That's number one. But number two, as I hope that we get to see and get a real picture of who Jesus really is. Okay, so we good with that? You guys ready to dive in? So we're going to dive in where the first thing, if you're taking notes, is this. I want to expose the enemy's plans. Number one, first and foremost, and the reason why is because if we can see an enemy coming, here's what I know, is that it's really, really easy to defend yourself. Right? For example, for example, come into my life. My life um, is so much fun. Like You guys have no idea how fun it is to work for the church because at church, like we work hard, but we play hard, okay, like that's just the life of Metro, okay, and so sometimes, okay, sometimes in the office, I'll be working in the office, and I'm by my computer, and my ADD flips in, and I'm just like, man, I gotta, I gotta go do something, and so then I'll start meeting the other people that are working in the office, okay, and then the other day, I realized we hired a brand new church, per, uh, a brand new person named Pam Wright, um, and so yeah, we, we, we should clap for that, um, so she came onto our staff, and her role is to take care of the uh, volunteer directors. And so she's going to be unbelievable, um, great, 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 great leader in this church. She is unbelievable, so nice, almost too nice. And I started to realize she is really nice. And so I started thinking, man, let's haze her. Okay? And so, I, and this is a true story. Her first day at a job, she's inside there and she's at a computer. And I'm, and I'm, like I said, my ADD's flipped in, and I'm trying to talk to her. She ain't talking back. And so I kind of go into the office. I'm taking Angie's, um, one of our, astro- uh, our main Office admin, like I'm taking her candies, and I'm just like, Yeah, what's wrong with her? Is she deaf? She's like, No, she works with ear plugs in. And I'm like, What? And I'm like, Are you serious? So I'm like, Pam! You know, and she she can't hear nothing, you know? Um, It's just, it's it's happening, you know? And and so I'm like, this is awesome. So I just thought, you know, she's facing away from the door. She's got earplugs in. I'm going to go scare the snot out of her. And so I got, I mean, Angie, Angie, you got to see this. This is going to be awesome. Um, And then coincidentally, a few other people walked in the door. I'm like, watch this. So I get like a crowd, okay? And I start sneaking up behind her, and I'm just like, shh, 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 and she can't hear me. And then, you know, that like back spot that's kind of tender right in here? You guys know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I walk up behind her, and she's just my in her own business. Poor, poor girl. Um, and she's just like, oh, I love my new job. I love the church. And bam! And I was like, ah! Man, she jumped a mile. She And then, then I thought I killed her because she's like, eh, eh, eh. where's my inhaler? Eh, eh. You know, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I, you know, and it was a mess. Um, You could have, she loves her job. So, <laughs> Um, but can you agree that if she would have saw me coming, right? Let's just put this together. It probably wouldn't have been that hard for her to, to shift the attack, right? Can, I, can you imagine, she could hear me, if there would have been something that would have caught her, she would have totally been able to stop me. And that's what I want us to draw into today, is that I want us to see how the enemy, namely Satan, attacks us. Because here's what we're going to find out, and we're going to jump into the movie, is that it doesn't start off by him making you do anything, but he starts off by making you doubt God's goodness, And that's what we're going to jump into right here is that we're going to watch this dynamic of this relationship between a daughter and a father. Okay, and so Brian Mills, who's played by Liam Neeson, okay, he basically, there's a divorce that happened, and so his daughter was caught in the middle of it, and so he's, he's trying to make, um, make up for lost time, right? And so in every regard, she adores him, but she thinks he's overprotective, she thinks that her dad's kind of old and, and kind of hypersensitive about things. And so this is where we're going to jump in, where I want us to see the relationship between a daughter and a father, and we're going to parallel that to our relationship to God. Check this out.
0: There she is. Hi. 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 Don't look so excited. I was just surprised. I thought it was just going to be Kim and I. I asked Mom to come. One raspberry banana milkshake, extra cherries, (laughs) just the way you like it. Thanks. Lenny, Lenore, would you like something? I'm fine, thanks. So. So, Dad, guess what? Mm -hmm. You know my friend, Amanda? Yep. Her cousins asked us to spend vacation with them in Paris. How cool is that? Why do you want to go to Paris? (laughs) Dad, hello? The Louvre, the Impressionist Museum, the Picasso Museum? And because you're under 18, you need my permission to leave the country. Dad, please. I really, really want to go. And they've got this, like, sick apartment overlooking the river. Just you and Amanda? And her cousins. Don't make a big deal out of this, Brian. Just sign the paper. What? I'm not comfortable with this. Dad. I don't think a 17-year-old should be traveling alone. I'm not gonna be alone. 2 17-year-old. I 19. How about this? How about if I go along? You won't even know I'm there. I'm very good at being invisible. As you've so amply demonstrated for most of her life. Just sign the paper, Brian. I'll think about it. Brian, everyone at this table knows what that means. She's coming. Thanks. Three conditions. I want the address and phone number of where you're staying. Okay. If you move, I want to know where and with whom you'll be staying. Okay. You call me when you land, you okay. call okay. me every night before okay. you go to sleep. Okay. It's international. My number's programmed in. Okay. okay. Awesome. Kimmy, you you're not focused. Yes, I am. What did I say? You said- i call you when I land and every night before I go to sleep and your phone's international the numbers programmed it. Okay. One last thing. I get to take you to the airport. Okay.
1: There you go. <laughs> thank you daddy. Thank you thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Mom. Dad. I love you, dad. Mommy said it. There are certain areas in Paris that you should avoid. I've written them down. Dad. Come on, take it. We're going to be spending like 90% of our time in museums. You don't have to worry. That's like telling water not to be wet, sweetie. Mom says your job made you paranoid. Oh, well, my job made me aware.
1: Now here's what I want us to see, because we're going to start getting in on the movie and everything's going to keep building in intensity, right? But here's what's crazy is that if we just stop and just zoom out for a minute, I'm willing to bet that's how most of us interact with god where where god will speak wisdom to us right like a father's love where he wants the very best for us he wants to have give us life give us life to the full freedom right but the same point we think that god's being old we think god's being um, big chief no fun right we think god's holding out on us and so what starts to happen as we start to doubt god's goodness and that's the moment where we start to derail we're thinking about this think about this let me illustrate let me kind of prove this and let's talk about sex Anytime you talk about sex, it's going to get awkward and intense, okay? And so let me direct it towards the teenagers, okay? Because I'm sure you adults got that figured out. Okay, but teenagers. So, but what teenagers do is they doubt God's goodness and they react in this exact way when it comes to sex. Like, think about it, think about it. God is fully aware... Of what ramifications come with sexual baggage, right? Can't we agree? Like he created it, he, he thinks it's a great idea, but in marriage, right? And so, what a young person will do, um, not that old people will do this, okay, but you, what young people will do is that they'll look at God and be like, God, are you serious? God, you want me to wait until marriage to have sex? But God, that's no fun. God, you're ruining, God, you are limiting my freedom. You're not setting me free. And then, God, only sex. With the opposite sex? God, how will I ever know what direction I'm supposed to go if I don't experience it? Come on now. Like that, we start having this wrestling effect with God, right? Like there are adults in here that will start having relationships with the opposite sex, and you know you're married, you know you shouldn't be. There's this tear in your heart, but you're going, God, it's, it's nothing. I can handle it. I'm good. And we start to Doubt God, we start to go, God, I know what you say, but we start to doubt the Father. And the whole time it's as if God's up in heaven going, man, you just don't see it, right? It's just like a father daughter relationship or a father son relationship where he's going, look, look, I see the end result. Look, and it's going to entrap you, it's going to entice you, it's going to land you in a place you never wanted to be. And what God's setting up is every rule, everything he tells you to do is not to restrict and limit you, but it's to set you free. Because what's freedom? Let's, let's define that. Where John Piper, the guy we learned through last week, man, he defined this in an unbelievable way where he says you are fully free when you have four things happening, where number one, you have the desire in your heart, so there's, there's a desire in you and the ability And number three, it's and the opportunity to do what will make you happy in a thousand years. Or put it this way, you are fully free when you have the desire, when you have the ability, and the opportunity to do what will leave you no regrets forever. Now wrap that back into everything we were talking about. Young people, wrap this thought into sex Think about this. Want to know why God says only sex and marriage? Because what does freedom in sex mean? It means no regrets. That's what it means. It means, yes, the desire, it's a good thing to desire sex, okay? Hello, okay? But number two, he doesn't want you to have a train wreck behind you. And understand, for me, I'm with young people all the time. And I've never sat in one of those counseling sessions where we do marriage prep and you start having the single guy and the single girl, they met, they fell in love, they're engaged and they're a month out from their wedding and they're doing that dance where they're talking about their sexual past. I've never had them be like, oh, i just so glad you weren't my first. That hasn't happened. I've never sat in a counseling meeting with a, a mom and a dad and then they're having to struggle over who gets the kids or the dad's starting to have to hug their little girl goodbye because it was another woman. Not, I've never had that be like, oh, I'm so happy about this. And understand, come back to God. God, I'm telling you, it's just like this relationship we just saw. Where for us, God isn't setting up a bunch of rules. He's not big chief no fun. He's not an old guy that doesn't get 2015, okay? He created 2015 and he understands our culture, okay? But understand, he's trying to give us the very best life, the free life, the full life that he came and died to give us. Now the problem this is going to draw us back into the movie, is that we push against God. We come up with our own plan Bs. we are like, okay, I get the warnings, but I think I can handle it, right? And this is where we're going to come back to the movie, where watch what happens to Kim as she decides, right? right? Her dad says, all right, you can go, but you got to call me, right? you got to tell me where you're at. Or understand, she hides something from her dad, and it puts her in a place she never wanted to be. Check this out.
0: give you a hand with us i can manage lenore do you know about this she's not just going to paris i know she lied to me yes because she can't be honest with you why what are you talking about your rules and conditions what is this it's you two's european tour dates let her live or i promise i promise you'll lose her You're open. Kim. I love you. <laughs> Five, please press one. Please enter the flight number. Flight 288, arrive in Paris-Charles-de-Gaulle at 8 a.m. local time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, are you serious? <laughs> nice address. Oh, yeah, thanks. Um, it's actually my cousins, but they're in Madrid for the summer, so we have the whole place
0: to ourselves. How cool wow. is that? <laughs> I didn't know that. It's still oh, well, big. Uh, I have to be going. Nice to meet you.
1: Oh, okay. You too. Bye.
0: Hey, there is a party tonight at school. Want to come? Sure, yeah. Amanda, we don't even know him. What is there to know? He's hot. I come pick you up uh, around nine. Okay, yeah. Okay, great. Um, your apartment?
1: Uh, It's the whole fifth floor, Hoffman.
0: Okay, okay. see you tonight.
1: Okay, bye. Bye. Fifth <laughs>
0: floor, two girls around 18. Daddy, Kim. (laughs) What did I say? You were supposed to call me when you landed. Dad. Kim, is there anything else you want to tell me? Kimmy. They got Amanda. What? What are you talking about, Kimmy?
1: And every dad in here with his little daughter just pulled her a little closer, right? Right? Because, I mean, you can feel the tension, right? And here's what's crazy. As we're talking about the enemy and, wh- and what's wild is I'm telling you, you go, man, how, how did she get there? I'm telling you, it's the same way we get where we are. Where I'm telling you, what starts to happen is Satan comes in and he gets us to doubt God. He gets us to yearn for something that's outside of godliness. Then that's the point where by our own thoughts and our own desires right? All of a sudden we are trapped in a life we never wanted. We're thinking about this. James chapter 1 says this. It is so crazy that this is in the Bible. We look at the truth that just gleams from the Bible where it says each person is tempted when, so there's a tempter meaning Satan. Remember, this is the Satan's playbook. You want to know how he attacks us, how he gets us to buy into the lies. He says this. He's tempted when they are dragged away, by their own evil desires. Now stop and think about what you just saw and put that together. All of a sudden, you're starting to look, being like, she doubted dad. She doubted the father. She thought, I knew better than the father. And then in a moment of poor choices, her desire inflamed and she was trapped, dragged away. And then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death you see how Satan interacts in our lives. I'm telling you, he's, he's not a guy in a red jumpsuit ready to get you. What he does is he gets you to question God's word. He gets you to doubt God's goodness. And then before you know it, he starts to dangle things in front of you. And in a moment, you're trapped, dragged away, made a slave to sin. And understand, this is Satan's oldest trick in the book and only trick. See, one, one of the issues that happens as, as culture progresses is we think that Satan evolves and he gets better. Well, understand, he, he might get more sneaky, but understand, it's the same trick from the very beginning. We well, look at this. I just want to read you. Go back to Genesis, right? The fall of man. We're well, thinking about this. Like, just, just read what happened. It says, now the serpent. So here's Satan again, right? The serpent shows up on the scene, and Adam and Eve are in paradise. They're with God, complete relationship. But he's more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, "Look at this. Look at this, here's his, here's a tempter coming." Did God really say, "Time out"? What's Satan doing? The same thing James said. He's getting to doubt God. Did God really say you must not eat of the tr- uh, eat from any tree in the garden? Is that really what God said? The woman said to the serpent, "Well, we may eat." fruit from the trees in the garden but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will surely die so she's reaffirming the word of God right and then it says this you will not certainly die the serpent said to the woman again what's he doing Getting to her to doubt God's goodness, getting to doubt God's word, going, you know what, you know what, hey, 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 let's think about this. Look at this. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You know what he's saying? God's holding out on you. Come on, now, isn't this exactly what we do? We start having this image of what we want for our lives. We know it's not godly. We're like, hey, that's uh, that's not what God would say to do. But look, God's holding out on me. Look, I, I can handle this. And then look what happens next. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also, say that word, what? Desirable. Time out. What did James say? When you're led astray by your own evil desires. When she saw it was desirable, when her heart was giving way, when she started to doubt God's goodness, when she started to question God's word, all of a sudden, everything about of heavenly father became his big chief no fun. He's holding out on me. You know what? I can do this. She took the fruit and ate it. And that's where we all go, Eve, no. Right? Because you're trading the garden of Eden. God's presence. Naked with no shame with your husband, all that for fruit. You're going, Eve, are you serious? But before we throw her under the bus, I'm telling you, we do the same thing all the time. Man, when well, we will give way to sin for 10 seconds of pleasure, where there are men that will give way to relationships for 10 seconds of pleasure. There are people in here that will lose jobs because they can't stop a drink. There are people in here that buy into materialism and will finance a bigger house and more cars and more stuff, more wardrobes, more shoes. Ladies, you'll, buy, you'll finance shoes and go into debt, and before you know it, you are trapped in a life you never wanted you are trapped in an affair you are enslaved to a divorce you're enslaved to debt and you're looking at this thing and you're going how did i get here and it's because satan played you like a fool because you thought that it was going to be something crazy when he started to get you to doubt god doubt god's goodness Question God's word, and then before you know it, He started dangling bait, and you took it. But this is where the bow comes in. Because listen to me, listen to me. Even though you gave in to desire, even though I gave way to sin, even though we were trapped, we were enslaved, we were taken. Here is what I know is that God did not stay silent. God did not sit upstairs and go, Oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? You know what he said? He goes, you know what? I got a plan. You know what? I'm going to come out of heaven. You know what? I'm going to become fully man in the name of Jesus, and I'm going to come and kick the enemy's butt. That's what he did, and this is where it gets so good. We're understanding. We need to redefine who Jesus is, because one of the things for us is we don't see a clear view of Jesus. We're understanding Jesus freed you with a fight, because Jesus, and there's the second point, is the ultimate fighter and to see this we're going to watch a bunch of the movie right now and I want you to see the peril of what a father does to rescue his kid check this out I
0: don't know who you are I don't know what you want Kill you. Sam, it's me. You need a favor. I'm going to download something. I need it analyzed. Right now. She's been taken. Get me a plane to Paris. Killed for when? An hour ago. <coughs> 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 no. Please, <laughs> Oh! fluids and medication to counteract the drugs it's all right where did you get this where did you get this jacket did you get it from her was it from this girl i didn't steal it i was called she gave it to me where where did she give it to me in the house what house house with the red sorry he said he said it was a party. and the girl who gave you this jacket was she in the house <laughs> she was nice I know she, she's my daughter I need to find this house. Do you know where it is? How it feels, huh? I heard what you said Buy her I have 100 Buy her 150 200 500 500,000 500, Sold Thank you all for coming You can collect your purchases directly Move You would never get away with this If you want to live, you'll make sure I do
1: all this I I know how you feel. We should we should talk. Okay? We 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 can work this out. Where is she, please?
0: There there's a boat by the quay. Please understand it was all business. It wasn't personal. It was all personal to me.
1: I know that might make us feel uncomfortable right, because there's church, and you're like, wow. But don't miss the parallel and the symbolism. I'm telling you, Jesus had to fight in the same way to get you and set you free. And I know that, that wrestles with some of us, but look at what Revelations 19 says, where it talks about Jesus, where John uh, sees Jesus in heaven, and he speaks about him in a way different way than most of us think about him. We look at this, where Jesus, he says, I saw, and I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and Drew. And so John is seeing a picture and a snapshot of Jesus. He says, with justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on a white horse and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, I don't know what those verses do to you, but it should draw us to worship a great, mighty, awesome God. It should draw a reaction out of us. And and the problem that happens for us is most of us view Jesus as this puny little guy that's just up in heaven begging us to love him. We have this view of Jesus that, that he was this frail guy that died on a cross and that was it. We have a picture of Barney where it's like all love and all grace and pixie sticks. We understand, yes, he is love. Yes, he is grace. But understand, he's still Lord of lords and he's still King of kings. And what that means for Jesus is that when he saw you being led away but to the slaughter, when he saw us entrapped and entangled with our own sin, look, you didn't go find your way out, but Jesus stepped out. Jesus came to you and Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to take him out where when he died, yes, all of hell celebrated. But understand what the enemy did was just bruise his heel. And Jesus said, I'm coming back. And when he rose from the dead, he crushed his head. We got to see that. Because for your freedom, understand it came with a fight. Where he stood and looked at the opposition, the enemy. And said, a day is coming where I'm going to take my kids, my daughter, my sons and set them free. And I don't know where you're at, but here's what I know, is that I was trapped, I was in slavery, and Jesus stopped at nothing to set me free. Check out this last clip. That does for you. But man, I thank God Jesus came. And so I don't know where everyone's at. But to me, I think there's an appropriate time for us to realize that we have been led astray all too often. And we've given way to our own selfish desires. Jesus still thought that your freedom my freedom was worth the fight where he came and died on a cross but rose again to conquer death hell and the grave for no other reason besides it was worth it for you and so to kind of wrap things up here's what I'm willing to bet is there a room this size So a lot of us that feel trapped right now. Maybe you got some things in your past that has just been brought up and you're going, man, I, there's no way God can love me. Maybe there's some things you're wrestling with. Oh, man, I know it's my fault. You've crossed that line and there's no going back and you're going, I don't know how this can ever work out. So understand that you're here in a church because Jesus is not in a tomb but he's very real and very alive and his goal is to still set you free but it's for us to respond and invite him into our life and so if we would just have a calm moment to just bow our heads and come before God I think where we all need to start all of us is to thank him for coming after us I don't care if you've been saved all your whole life or maybe you're not even saved. Understanding that's what happens. The best picture I know of what Jesus did for us. Then two, maybe you need to invite him into your life. Maybe you're stuck. Maybe you need him to intervene like you are, enslaved to sin. Jesus' goal is not to keep you there, but to set you free you might want to pray dear God and I know that it's all my fault I made the choice God I'm sorry Jesus come into my life Jesus forgive me of my sin Jesus do only what you can do and make a miracle out of my mess if you would allow, let me just pray over all of us before we're dismissed. We're, dear Jesus, God, I know movies like this get me to think a whole lot about my life that I did not do anything to deserve this. But God, you overcame all odds, stepped out of heaven for me, for my freedom. And you fought the fight simply because you thought I was worth it. And so God, to the person in here that's struggling with worth and value, God, let them know that you cherish them, God Almighty in heaven. And Jesus, you're pursuing them right now. God, for the person here that feels stuck, where they've crossed that line of no return, God, let them know that all things are possible through you. God, for the person that feels like life is colliding on them, And for the person that feels hopeless, let them know that in you, Jesus, is hope. And the empty tomb proves it. And we thank you for the picture. God, we pray that you plant this in our hearts, God, that you are God Almighty. And Jesus, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Let that shape us and align us to fight the fight, to overcome whatever lies in front of us. In your name we pray, amen.